0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Hello, it's Friday night. It's five o'clock Pacific Standard Time. You know what do your place is supposed to be? The Unfiltered Experience with myself, Christopher Roush, and? Scott David Goyette. Oh, Scott David Goyette. Oh, yeah. oh, All right. Good. Well, let's let's cut, cut. Okay. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. It's five o'clock somewhere. It's 5 p.m. And I am Christopher Blake Roush. And this is?
1: Scott David Goyette. And my confirmation name was Luke. All right. <laughs> what do you got now?
0: Okay. Uh, So cut. Okay. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. Uh, It's five o'clock somewhere Pacific Standard Time. I am Christopher Blake Roush, known as the No Excuses Coach that won't take any shit from anybody. And this is
1: Scott David Goyette, confirmation name Luke, and they call me the love guy.
0: (laughs) The go love now guy. There you go. You gotta go you love go. now. You either go love, go love now, or you go hate now. I mean, mm-hmm. that's you've illustrated that point so eloquently to me, Scott, and I have to give you big props and credit because I actually use that a lot now in talking to people about being able to see through the lens of love or the lens of fear. And God knows, I haven't even caught you up on. that's right. I haven't even told you what happened.
1: Woo! I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I'm just looking forward. We'll do it. We'll do it after the show, man. I've got so many things.
0: I've literally been going a thousand miles an hour this week, and I'm like, fuck, I've talked to usually we talk like every day, and it's been like, Oh, uh, I'm like, fuck, uh, brother check in, you good? Okay, you're good. Okay, we're good. And just keep rocking and rolling.
1: There's and 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 to that point, what I'd love to do right now, and something that you know, a lot of times we're always kind of joking around, and we get serious here and there because we've got some <coughs> serious topics, but there's so much going on in the world right now, and I'm a big believer in the collective energy that we are, of course, all connected and we're um we're all one body of love ultimately there's a lot of people suffering right now i've been getting a lot of um i don't want to say interesting um just a lot of contacts this week of either pray for somebody or meditate for somebody or do you know somebody who can help me in this situation and i've gotten a lot of that so without giving specific names um i'd love to just give a moment of silence for the people who are watching the people who are connected the people who are listening to this later Whoever it is in your life that needs a moment, needs some energy, needs some love, um, let's just send that out there to them right now, just real quick. Cool. I know the world needs it. (laughs) I mean, I know the world. That's
0: a a, a great. That's a. That's a great. That's a great idea, Scott. I mean, there's a lot. There definitely is a lot going on in the world. And you know me, I tuck my head under a pillow and don't look at the news, but. I heard a little bit of it today and i was like all right cool well i heard a lot of it uh what's today friday yesterday was it yesterday yesterday i don't know the, the, i swear to god this week dude has just been a fucking blur it's been was it's, it? it's been oh, it was wednesday because i recovered from my conversation on wednesday yesterday
1: <laughs> dude i'm with you and, and and without getting into too many details because we got some positive stuff and some good things to talk about Um, there's people who have lost limbs. There's people who are, you know, involved in hit and run accidents. There's people, I mean, there's just some crazy stuff. And I see a lot of lack of accountability. Um, I don't know what messages the universe is trying to send. I don't know what karmic feedback has made some of these things occur. I don't know the details. I'm just seeing end results and seeing people suffering and whatever's brought that from there to here, I would bet just based on the way I'm seeing and connecting with the universe that massive change comes with a massive amount of chaos and fresh friction and so we're in that space right now and so it might be something happening to your physical body it might be somebody happening something happened to a loved one it might be something that we've lost and before we can gain and create space to have all these beautiful new things in this beautiful new world there's gonna be some shifts that might seem horrific and I feel like we're seeing them and in a way i've been saying please stop please stop please stop please stop and i just said today i go i don't know if it's going to stop but the one thing i can do which we say all the time <laughs> is 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 you know manage how i respond and and that's what we're going to do that's what when i say we i mean you know me anybody who's in my tribe i'm going to keep preaching that i know you do too mm-hmm. and I, I love i love the fact that the universe says oh you're going to talk shit, huh well let's see if you can back it up because you know I notice whenever I say anything, it comes more quickly than ever, the lesson. If I speak something like I'm an authority and I don't truly understand it, the universe will say, oh, we got a funny guy over here. we got a funny guy. We're going to teach you some lessons. So I accept the lessons because I know that you and I and our special guest tonight are all what I would call energizers, people who will put their necks out and do a lot for others, and we really see the greatness and the oneness in the world. So Mm -hmm. let's just do our best, man. Let's just keep doing our best, put some love and light out there. Would you like me to introduce our guest today,
0: Chris? Absolutely. Absolutely. Before I say anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I know. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to talk to her. I I, I had a few minutes to talk to her beforehand and I remembered the connection with us all. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited to dive into this conversation versus the rest of the conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we can go in a million directions right now. So let's head into this. So this amazing woman who's going to be here tonight, she's actually very well connected to one of our former guests. She is a PR person, a marketing person, somebody who really understands the concept of making yourself a better human being and changing all the things that we're preaching. She's putting into practice. So we're going to be seeing that demonstrated here today. Um, She is actually um, an amazing person who is deeply connected to Jimmy Dennis, who had served 25 years on death row and was on our show probably two months ago. Phenomenal human being. If you guys have not seen that show yet, two things can happen. One, you can go back and watch it, or we're actually gonna replay it again next week because we think it's that important. And once you hear some stuff from our guests, you're probably gonna wanna watch it even more. But she's not here just to talk about Jimmy. She's here to talk about herself, and that's why we brought her on board. Without further ado, an amazing human being, Tracy Lamori.
0: Tracy, welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. How are you this evening? Where are I'm you, where thrilled are you to
2: be here. I'm thrilled to be here. And while I'm you know, happy to talk about myself, I have to say I'm always more than thrilled to talk about the, what is now an inspiring and happy story of Jimmy Dennis. Because literally, I've been talking about Jimmy Dennis. <laughs> we'll talk about why. Since I was 28 years old. And since he was 28 years old, at that time, we were trying to save his life. And so it was less pleasant. And now I can say... Check him out on all music streaming services. And so it's really pleasant to just to, to oh. be able to to say that.
1: How beautiful is it to say the musician Jimmy Dennis or the friend Jimmy Dennis or the freeman walking jimmy Dennis than the 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 person who's been wrongfully convicted? I mean, I've only known him since then. And I'm all over his post because one of the things I love to do is help that man shine because when Chris and I had him on the show, and we were just listening to him and listening to his heart, and right? he shared some of his cell experience, which I know he doesn't do in Yeah, public. that
2: show, actually, I, I literally cried. I, I literally cried. There was stuff that you guys brought out on him that I didn't even know for the 20 years. Because he tried to, like, shelter us after that. And I was messaging him saying, you know what? I, I would literally, you know, why didn't you talk to us about that stuff when you were in prison? And we had conversations about it since. And he said, like, he was afraid of losing people on the team or getting them distracted or getting them. Because we would have been, like, heartbroken and terrified on a day-to-day basis what he was going through, right? Instead, yeah. he wanted to keep us focused, not on worry about calling the prison about his circumstance today, but keep us focused on bringing him home like his why, with us getting home and freeing his name and his family. So, yeah, that was an amazing interview. Thanks so much, guys.
1: Yeah, no, we were, we're back. We, we, uh, we, 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 we went, we went on every back, everyone back again and talk a different part of the story, because when we follow him and see his music and we see all the things he's doing, you know, in the city of Philadelphia and watching him with a blanking on the guy's last name, but the district attorney current, mm-hmm. whose name's Larry, I forget his last name, but- Larry, Larry yeah, So, Yeah, so, so I love watching Jimmy and his collective of friends who realize that this is a man who is changing the way that district looks. And as a district attorney, he's making sure that they're doing the right things and freeing people who are wrongfully convicted and making sure that never happens again. We need to get people like Larry so that we can model other metropolises other cities other areas and make sure that these things exactly. first will never happen again and rectify them so we need to get larry on the show and i already talked to jimmy about doing this too I because do. i really want to see more people that we're, we're, that aren't being brought on shows like like I don't think enough people realize that should be the person who's here to talk to us is Larry. What are you doing to clean up our criminal justice exactly. system? Exactly. And
2: instead, what's happening is he's getting literally he's getting attacked right now in the entire administration and uh, or order of police or whatever it is because they want to bring it back to the old. You know and actually suing people who are daring to say anything like that so did you hear wow. about that did you hear what uh, happened to it? yeah there's a author, Sean King who's he had the cover of Newsweek two weeks ago he frequently yeah. talks about these kind of issues and now he's getting involved with this one. Um, but he had the cover, you know, he's a outspoken actor, he was a writer, a ju- well-respected journalist, the cover of Newsweek, right? We're not talking, mm-hmm. so he uh, he was speaking out about what's going on in the race, along with Larry Krasner, who was talking about why he's in the race, as people do when they're, he's talking about his opponent and why he should vote for him. Not this thing, but talking about the reality of the three years before or whatever. And they were they were served with, with notice like a week ago, Larry Krasner, uh, Sean King, the media guy, and I guess some media name, that I don't know which I, th- I think is Sean King's media company. Yeah, there's there are literally so that's what as ugly, dirty politics, literally an ex-politician trying to silence people by, you know, threatening with lawsuits talking about, in, you know.
1: And to the point that Chris and I had mentioned to start the show and we were talking about why I want to have that moment of silence. There's so much of the friction. There's so much of the chaos. There's so much of the noise. And the reason being is the system is being knocked down and broken down and the resistance is strong and so the resistance is going to be there but the conversations we have here the conversations we have with larry krasner with jimmy dennis that not just us but the collective of us whether it's you know chris or i and you or whoever it is we need to keep these conversations happening whether it's the two people or 10 million people because what's happening right now is people are saying where am i i'm on the fence and people have been on the fence because we want to be bridges and we're deciding do i lean this way or this way and we're starting to get aggressive and you've got the Larrys who are willing to put his, his life, his job, his career on the line. And there's going to be a lot of those people showing up. So the only way we have massive change is we create space. And that might be a death. That might be a death of an organization, a death of a job, a, a person. That might be a death of a system. And with that death and that death and that space creation will come mm-hmm. the more beautiful tomorrow. So we are part of something huge and we need to keep using our voices. So I think it's. I think it's that simple. It's just we're in the middle of it and it's not pretty.
2: And yeah, and that's not to talk about the business part of what I do because I don't care. To, but talk about the skills that I, you know, developed with Jimmy taught me how to teach people how to raise their voices. And I still were really still heart-centered. And though I work with, you know, creatives and entrepreneurs and it's a business, not a charity, you know, what I do now. Still, you know, I can't, literally, I learned how to do this to get messaging out about Jimmy, and then, you know, in Canada, about uh, uh, you know, what I actually believed in social justice, political, I thought when NDP was, you know, the, the answer. Now, I'm a little disappointed because nobody's really the answer, but you know, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I used, I, I learned, messa- I, I did really effective messaging to, to like, to get my causes out there. And, we, and when I look back, when I became a publicist at 41 and suddenly hit me. But there I was, we were 28, 29 years old, me and my husband. We had a little college radio show a couple years before that. But when we met Jimmy Dennis, we were literally, we literally were in entry level sales, uh, you know, just. T- crappy sales jobs, right? We weren't thinking about, uh, I, my trajectory should have been maybe middle management. We weren't, and if we'd been thinking about this stuff, we would have started the business way before I was 41 because we started doing this at 28 and by 29, 30, we literally had, it was hard to get, interna- we got international attention about Jimmy. Australia, Turkey, all kinds of places, like little places that had articles. Within the US, it was difficult to get attention for Jimmy while he was convicted because it was before making a murder before all these wrongful conviction podcasts and everything. Once the doors were slammed, nobody wanted to hear. Media wouldn't touch it. Innocent guy, whatever. You know, it just wasn't easy to, to get any play in the States. We got played in the States, Dave and I, because in America, I was like, oh, look at these people putting the death penalty online, death row online. Inspired by Jimmy's case, we were so disturbed by the death. You know, we were like, wow, how could this happen? And we didn't have time to evaluate a million other cases or get involved with a million other cases the way we do with Jimmy. But we were like, whoa, if this can happen, who knows? What about all these other people saying? So we ended up making a, a webpage called the Canadian Coalition Death Penalty, which was. You, wait, but but, but, but,
0: but, but. I got to reel oh, you in. I got to reel you in. I talk fast, but even oh, I'm, my a God. I need I'm having to a little this, bit of I listen, I can listen like. Two also, a minute, be a but having- I've been
2: going for a few minutes, but yeah. the background is we Breathe. ended up forming an organization, just uh, not not really not meaning going and getting it done, just calling ourselves the Canadian Coalition needs the death penalty, writing messaging primarily with the intent of getting Jimmy in interna- in national media, but they never wanted to talk about that. They were like, Oh, let's talk about how you guys are putting Talking about the, putting death row web pages online, so we ended up being me and my husband, twenty-eight years old, no media experience other than a little Toronto radio show. Uh, from the messaging we were writing, getting on CNN, MSNBC, Court TV, A and E, being interviewed, you know, with all those Nancy Grace, Dan Abrams, all these people, and except for the Nancy Grace, always being treated, you know, with respect and like just like we were a bunch of lawyers, you know. Nancy Grace so took years no before that. was messaging.
0: No grace from Nancy,
2: never. Uh-huh. Nancy grace grace is all in the you
0: know Nancy Grace, Chris, right? Have you seen her? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I just I don't I think they're all full of shit. Yeah,
2: yeah. well, she's one of that. Like her shtick is literally, like she has. If you watch a few of her episodes, she has a very clear shtick, and it's like it's all it's all, <laughs> entertainment. It's all media, right? It's all yeah.
0: entertainment. It's all, yeah. entertainment. It's all well, media.
1: Is, it's isn't all, isn't, isn't her daughter? Is,
2: yeah, yeah. Isn't
1: her daughter Kimberly Guilfoyle? Is that correct? No, that's,
2: you're thinking of. um. I can't remember her name, but no. It's another one? Yeah, another one, I, yeah, I, very, the same, but all of those people it was the same era. Yeah. So all of those people, Catherine Cryer, you know, all the people interviewed us. And it was 13 years before I thought, gee, wait a minute, that was like really effective media messaging when I was doing there. Huh, you know, that, I think that's called a publicist. I could probably make a career out of that. Okay. And that's when I stopped, in a personal part of my story, decided to start doing that. But it's all one because like, you know, there's no I, there's no leaving my ethics at the door. I don't take on any clients that don't fit in with my, you know, they don't have to all be activists. They don't have to all be trying to change the world, but they're all good people doing good things in their little pocket. Even if it's just starting a business, building something cool for their little, you know what I mean? It's not all- So you said something here. pretty
1: interesting that I, I want to tap into real quick. So you were saying that Jimmy Dennis from behind the scenes taught you how to deliver a message. Let's talk about that because here's the thing right when most people think of who do i want to teach me to deliver a message we're going to go to some professor or some speaker or whatever but you're really learning this lesson from somebody who's behind bars and the reason i think that's so beautiful is right now there's so many companies who are saying do we hire people who are in prison before um can this person move the way up the ladder what about this guy from the other side of the tracks like I want people to realize that everybody has brilliance, which Chris and I talk about all the time. Let's talk and about Jimmy's brilliance.
2: Anybody who could hire, who had the, if somebody could hire him, that's not Jimmy's track. He's an R&B artist, right? And he's going this, but you know sure. what I said to him at two in the morning the other day, or I thought about this at two in the morning and told him the next morning. I said, Jimmy, you know what? That was exactly what you just said. This guy, forget just being somewhat capable, okay? After 25 years under the most extreme circumstances that you can imagine, not just wrongly convicted, but penalty of death and the layers of of, of inhumanity and what they're saying about you as a person and your worth that you have to get through to survive that is just beyond. So not only does he come out and, you know, able to survive that, ready to go in the studio and all that, but you guys, he's doing like business deals. He's talking to high end people. He's talking to like people at levels, you know what? And, and where people nor, like people who have not dealt with 25 years on death row, that I'd be impressed if they were doing half of what he's doing in the time, the kind of conversation he's able to have, the negotiation, he's able to have the business level thinking he's able to have. And on one of the podcasts I was on, when they were asking about my, it's not so much that he taught me the communication, because there's always a writer and I probably Frame the communications part, but he certainly gave me. It was the we were three when we started the Canadian Coalition Death Penalty. We saw it as me and Dave, which were twenty-nine-year-old activists in Toronto, and whoops, and this guy named Jimmy Dennis, who was currently living on death row in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania. But that wouldn't always be the case. And like he said the other day, he said, "I I said I'm so proud of you. You know, speaking out about all this stuff because you could just go and." I mean, you deal with PTSD, go home and just think about, I've had enough of being thrown into that justice world that I never asked to be thrown into for 25 years, but instead of going home and hiding under the covers, he's out there speaking out, making himself very public about it, which is not easy to do. It's not easy for him to do, right? It's a challenge. And, you know, so, but, someone was asking me how did you stay focused for all those 15 years those 20 years 10 years it was 20 years ultimately but as it was going on how did you stay focused on you know that and i was starting to think that's true because from a business perspective how do you keep a group of people focused on anything for one year two years three years four years five years but you know we managed to keep on keeping that focus and i think it was jimmy dennis we credit jimmy dennis because he was like the project manager like a project director essentially um just making sure that it didn't, you know, it always stayed, like, literally, what a project manager does for a business, that was Jimmy, from his cell on death row, writing us a letter, talking to us in one 15-minute call, and we joke now, I say, you were like, I'm like, okay, Bob, and he laughs, he's like, okay, just I go, no, no, it's funny, because we used to have one 15-minute call a week, and that's all he had, until later, when they changed the and he would have phone cards and could phone people more freely. But it went, most of the time, he had one 15-minute call a week. His family did not have long distance. He called us for the 15 minutes. It was six ninety-nine a minute, seventy-five cents for each additional minute or whatever it was. And we we would have 15 minutes. It would be cut off at the end of 15 minutes, no matter what happens, right? And every minute or so of the call, we'll never forget. It was always like this call is coming from a correct a maximum security correctional facility, like that. Literally. So let's talk about. Tracy, let's, let's,
1: let's, let's slow down a little bit real quick and let's, let's hit some bullet points here because I think the interesting thing that we can get into right now is, so this man has so limited connection to the outside world and you're getting to be blessed with this part of, the, part of this time. Let's talk about not so much the details of how much it costs or whatever, but let's talk about this. What was the, the synopsis of these calls? What is he taking? Because like you said, he doesn't want to show you the emotion of this is bad, this is this. He's sharing something with you. What is he sharing with you right now? And what's the Jimmy that made you fall in love with him that you knew this is somebody who has to be innocent. And this is somebody who is not a convict. He was, but not a guilty convict. This is a beautiful human being and a musician who's been mistreated by the justice system. What's going on in those calls? What's he after sharing?
2: I met him in t- 2003. We finally went five years after we got involved. We finally had the, had the opportunity to go and visit him on death row. I, so he was that was like 14 years before he was released. And I spent the next 14 years telling people, probably sounding like a lunatic, like probably sound like a crazy person to most people, when I said, no, sincerely, one of the best people I have ever met in my life, one of the most ethical and moral people I have met in my life. Is sitting on a cell on death row in Pennsylvania right now. I and told you that. He recently, but I, don't you? Know if I ever told you that? And he was like, "Wow." And I was like, "No." I when I met him, but there was no way. But that was five years in. At first, it was mostly by letter. The first time when we when we wrote him, and then he wrote back was twenty-eight. I said eighteen in a podcast recently, and he corrected me. It was, but we still have the letter, twenty-eight pages both sides, twice twice be written with enough legal information about this much of the time that he had in his cell, which was enough to show that this was something really disturbing about this case after all. Enough for us to go, wait, wait a minute. And because we'd made the effort to actually write to ask, you know, well, what what do we do with this now? We we don't have money to help. We don't have, well, we had to do something because otherwise, what was it? This person wrote a 28-page letter to tell us. Obviously, we're like a beacon of hope. We have to figure it out or do something. So So he was able to take the emotion
1: out of it so he was able to take the emotion out of it and articulate to you who he was as a human. So you were able to see yeah, that. It was, in the it was emotional.
2: Minutes. Like, from I remember from the very beginning, I'd have to pull out the letter, which I haven't read in years to find, and we do have to find it for things. But I had to, it, like, from the very beginning, we were like. It wasn't just a bunch of facts, you know, from the very beginning, he was clearly a human being and that human being connected with us. And he, for some reason, felt the same way too. We were all the same age. Like, look, at, it's funny now, I said to him the other day, disagreeing, I'm like, wow, it turns out like we really actually like each other because in real life, because it's not just, now it's not just letters and a 15 minute phone call once a week about the stuff that we had, we only talked with, tell my daughters this, and can you find out this? And my daughter's okay. And my parents, a lot of it was that. Like about out of a 15 minute call, if three minutes is this call is coming from a maximum security crystal facility, you know, we only have like 12 minutes left. The beginning, I would literally be with a patent. So I say, hey boss, you know, now and I joke because we used to have 15 minutes. There was no time for a lot of feeling in those calls. It was literally like, countdown. Right. okay, you got a pen, you got a paper, and he'd be telling me, I got a letter from this person, this is how you spell their name, I think this is their email, can you reach out to them and tell them this, my daughter's wow. blah, 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 so I would be literally going, Bla, blah, blah, got it, got it, got it, got it, boss, got it, got it, and then anything else would have to be in a letter, later on it was different, he had more, but for years and years at the beginning, there was 15 minutes, once a week, he could make one phone call, That's and it cool. was us.
1: So he so he was really intellectually sound enough to take the emotion out of it and realize that he had things that he had to get done, understand the oh, yeah. outside world. He was world. always
2: like, project manager, yeah. like always, you know, and the thing, and that, and the thing that I should comment, he was never a cause. Like very early on, he became a friend, like it was, a, and now a, and a brother, like for now, like he, my kids, he calls niece and nephew, we're brother and sister, you know, we talk three times a day, it's, you know. Like, we actually are friends now. He's my best friend now. We like each other, you know, in real life, uh, outside the walls. But um, yeah, like, it was, he was literally like a project manager where that was, you know, this was, he was like so focused on getting clearing his name. The two priorities always, he would never write a letter without having his daughter's name would always be, and there'd be little hearts. Whenever he mentioned his daughter's name, he would write little hearts, little music notes. And the end of every letter anybody ever got from Jimmy Dennison, praying for the truth, 1998. Praying for the Truth, 99, 2000, 2001. 2000, and I kept on going until finally in 2017. But that was a lot of years when we saw the years change, praying for the truth. And every year we thought that was going to be the year. So I started to lose faith. I started to go, oh my God, no. Because we would started to be involved with other death penalty cases. Not like that. Not that intensely. But we'd seen cases in Texas that looked fairly convincing that the person was innocent. And then boom, they're executed. So I started to think, no, this can't. This is There's no way this story can end. Like, no. Because I don't know how... No, I can't imagine that the story. I still get like heart frozen thinking about it because I can't even imagine that story ending that way. But it could have.
1: And it's not supposed to. Hey, Chris, I got a question for you. So we're sitting here talking. You know, we're thinking about, um, you know, Jimmy. Like Jimmy's been sitting here in in prison. Because I because I'm thinking of this. This is running through my head right now. What would you have done if you had those 15 minutes? And what would you put into some of those calls? Because I'm, I'm just visualizing. You're you're stuck and you have these so few of these calls, what would you do in that situation? What are you saying, who are you calling?
0: Me, me, yeah. um, geez, I guess I would have different answers based on different periods of my life. Now it would I would want to talk as little as possible and want to hear as much as possible. I'd want to hear as much as possible about my son, about life, about my wife, about everything. Um, I don't know. It's, I mean, that's, it's such an unconscionable situation. Cause I, as you're talking, as you're talking, I'm listening back to when we talked to Jimmy and, and those re, those accounts of being in the cell and his accounts of like, you know, I'm on death row, but I don't know if I'm going to die from being in here either, whether from the, the police officers and in, in the, in the, in the system or from the other convicts, you know, it's, um, I don't know I, I i i i seriously think that i'm unstoppable and i think i can handle anything but when he was talking about literally for me it would have been the music but in those situations i don't know i i, I literally i mean when you're looking at that that's so monumental his strength and his courage and the, the fact that you and your husband spent so much time and energy and love and compassion for him that is the instrument of what the world needs right now going back to your point scott you know there's a lot of people that are hurting here right now all over the world i mean we got stuff going on in israel the pakistan i mean palestinians i mean there's just so much stuff that, that just, there's so much pain that we all just need to start healing from within so i that's that's the thing that i would want to do if i was him is, as much as i could take in to heal and get re- get nourished that's what i would want what about you
1: yeah that's powerful i love that healing within and 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 honestly I was thinking about it and I just feel like I'm full of shit in anything I say because because like I'll tell you a two second story when I was a kid like one of my biggest fears is I don't want to be pushed into a place of being alone forever and I used to have this dream when I was a kid that I started flying and I drift off into space forever and ever alone and that's what prison feels like to me where there's an aloneness where the only difference is I get a 15 minute call or I go out to a yard or it just sounds it sounds like my nightmare it sounds, sounds pretty- like my nightmare. Yeah. So I like what you said. I would really just wanna hear what's going on in the outside world because it would fill my brain with stories and fill my brain with pictures, knowing that the people that I love are living life. And-, that and- was
2: what, You know what, that's what the letters were for. Cause in that mm. 15 minutes, he literally only, like that's at the letters is where we had the time. So you know, powerful. To, we would write long letters and we would literally just take him on the bus with us. Like we would talk about stuff we had to talk about. And then we would say things like, I'm on the bus. It's 2 45 PM. It's a beautiful sunny day in Toronto. And you know, there's a couple of old ladies in the back of the bus and they're just chatting about their laundry. And I watch. So I would just start telling him random things. Because at first I thought maybe that would be not nice. Like he's in a cage and I'm talking about, but no, he liked to talk about those things and he would always remember. It. So we would those long, long conversations where we brought him into our world and made sure he had all those were like you know, in letters. We would write, we would send pictures and you know, all that stuff, right? But in the phone calls, it was just like, he was so focused, man, or he wouldn't be here today. He just wouldn't mm-hmm. be here today. He was like, and he had two young daughters and he was trying to parent from death row, you know, and they didn't have long distance on their phone, those people, and nobody in his family. That's why he didn't call his mom or his dad. He was like eight, 10 hours away and the long distances, you know, they don't have it. Oh, they couldn't even afford it. They just don't have the long distance on their phone to even be able to accept the charges, right? The way it was in those days. So he would call us and give us literally... I heard this from my mom in a letter. Can you call and make sure she's okay? Can you make sure the girls are okay? One time, he never sang on death row, but one time he did. He sang, literally, we got to record him. Once in a while, we'd put like two phones together so he could talk to his family. Totally illegal, you know, because they're supposed to be who's calling on the visitor's list. But we were like, you know what? If we could like play the phone, you know? put the phone together, then they can yell at each other through the receivers of both. Hi, Jimmy, are you okay? Hi, I love you. And once or twice we did that where they could just yell through the receiver, you know, each receiver of the other one holding one line, one holding the other. But one time he sang, we got him to sing, and he, you know, only time, because he said he didn't feel it to raise his voice. It was, yeah, he just couldn't. But one time he sang a, a lullaby to his daughter when she was really little. Oh, wow. He sang into our phone and we recorded, it. It was a, we a big production. Wow. To get like a four track and recorded. I'm sure we have it somewhere still, but he sang a lullaby to his daughter. Daughter
0: when she was still like, she was should maybe that. it. that's beautiful. That should, yeah. be that should be a total I mean, sound exactly. on your interviews, somewhere. yeah. I'm... Like from Death Row at some, he some point, point singing to his de- that should be like, yeah, what if you, you have, have that media right now? Because he's gonna at
1: some point have a Netflix or something, somebody's I know, gonna there's be telling
2: be you know, like that. somewhere that I mean, that was a personal thing that was never put online or anything. But I'm, 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 I'm I must be on a cassette. This is an adjacent cassette. I would, I would, I
0: would go find that. I would like, go find that. That is gold. Right? Yeah, no, we've
2: got to go through a lot of old stuff. You know, like we had, had, you know what we had his pictures for 20 years, some of the pictures that you see in that Rolling Stone documentary and stuff now, they were literally photographs, one copy, like one photograph, like you had in the old days, right? You just got a picture. And when we first met him, he sent us like eight or nine pictures of his daughters, of his what, partly to show us, and then he never, had, like, partly for safekeeping. Like, he always knew he had them. he checked check every once in a while. he still those other, you know those pictures I sent you? He had other ones, but we also, you know, you have those pictures I sent you? And literally, when he got out, like, two years ago, we had to go through our four or five boxes, legal boxes of Jimmy Dennis letters and look for those photos so we could send them to Rolling Stone or whoever was doing the documentary. And, yeah, so we, so now I see them on the screen, but those are, like, pictures that he sent us from his cell, the only pictures not the only pictures he the of his dog, but the only copies of those photos, that he had sat and we kept care of them for 20 years like they were our own, you know, and had them in our Jimmy file, and then when he came out, he says, find that, do you remember, do you still have that, do you have that brochure you first wrote about, and we went and looked, oh gosh, remember this from 1999, and you know, I still, and the other day, I, oh, I, no, I don't, I, I, I don't have a question for you, you. Tracy, no, Tracy, Tracy,
0: Tracy, 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 remember what I said before? come back to us breathe breathe conversation not freight train conversation so (laughs) what we've been talking about literally is one resort that one one word that keeps coming back in my mind is resiliency Mm -hmm. resiliency for you resiliency for your husband resiliency for jimmy resiliency for everything else and thinking about what we titled the show talking about catapulting your growth and your impact what advice specifically would you give to people to to dominate the resiliency. Because I mean, for me, and I know this for a fact that when you are congruent and you make a promise to yourself and you keep that promise, that's amazing what resiliency you can bring about yourself. So talk to us about specific points of what people who are watching this right now, who are struggling based on what Scott was saying, what based on what we took a moment to pause for, what are some, some spe- specific action items that people can do to increase their resiliency?
2: Well, there's that, you know, how Jimmy says, never, never give up. I learned, I picked that, and then I also learned on the internet, I found a phrase this year, it was just, um, we didn't get this far to only get this far. And I find that, that that's really, for people that are really down even more than people, people who are doing well, great, you have goals, you didn't get this far to only get this far. Keep going, be inspired, you'll make it. But even more importantly, people who don't think they're winning right now, like people who are feeling stuck or frozen or wanting to jump off a bridge or something, I talk about that a lot that's that's you know you didn't get this far to only get this far because you're a winner you won you're still here you're still standing you beat all that horrible stuff maybe it wasn't jimmy dennis kind of stuff maybe you didn't have to get through 25 years like that but everybody has some crazy challenges and everybody you know people are broken inside from a lot less than 25 years on death row sometimes you know and so to find that resiliency yeah like how do how do you go through something like that and stay focused or positive or how do we all, so I think it's the same reason, you know, it's the same kind of, it's really just that you can't express it other than to say, belief in yourself. I mean, actually believing that you can make a difference. And that's the same reason, the same thing I say when people say, you know, this epic story of helping someone for 20 years on death row and how it's so heroic and all that. Really, everybody would be heroic. I think a lot more people would do something like that if they actually truly believe that they could make a difference. But for the same people, like seriously, most people, I believe, instead of watching a two-hour movie on Netflix, if they actually thought two hours of work they could do could impact something like that, they would do it. But they don't believe that. So they don't believe they can start a business. So I think it all comes down to, The same thing you have to believe in yourself, which is one of the things I speak about. So you know, believe in yourself so that you can, you know, build your brand or make your million dollars or free your guy on death row, whatever it is you're passionate about, you gotta believe in yourself to do it. And then you can when I speak on entrepreneur shows, it's it's always about building your brand. So that's why I say, you know, believe in yourself so you can build your brand, make your million, but then build your you know, build up your community, build up something, make some change, make it better than it was when you got it. I never do this straight as I'm not interested in that. Just like build up yourself so you can build up your brand. Yay. Now you made your million. Now now what? Like now you've got your platform, you've got your money. Now you've got this ability. It doesn't have to be what I did with it. Maybe it's completely different, but whatever calls you or whatever, where you think you can make a difference in the world, believe that you can and then do it to end that, that author. I don't remember who she is, but she said, um, Activism is the price we pay for life on the planet.
1: Absolutely. So I'm going to answer somebody's question. Who had a question, real quick, uh, Chris? You might answer. It. I can't see. You. I saw the question. You answered. Yep. It, but yeah. I'll just follow up with. I'll follow up with Colleen just for a second. So one of the things, Colleen. So Jimmy actually, he lived in a um uh, a part of Philadelphia that was mostly black, and in that part of town, the cops would kind of come through, and anytime there was some kind of an issue or whatever, they'd kind of pick somebody and pretty much say, Hey, this is the person who did it. And so Jimmy was a church-going, super nice guy, um, musician. He was on his way up, all kinds of good things going on in his life. And he was picked out. And long story short, he ended up being identified, even though the witness, um, you know, to the crime ended up saying the guy was like 6'2 and much darker. It, wasn't, it was clearly wasn't him. Jimmy Dennis was like 5-something. Yeah, totally oh, different guy.
2: Craziness. Yeah.
1: And so long story short, what happened, Colleen, is, you know, he got clearly misidentified and put in prison. But to the point of, to Chris's question, you know, talking about resiliency, one of the biggest components of being a resilient human being is finding your why, finding your purpose and your brilliance. And I would like to say this, and I suggest that everybody watch next week. If you did not see the Jimmy Dennis interview yet with Chris and I, I would say watch it next week and do this. As you're listening, ask yourself, did Jimmy Dennis find his why before, during, or after? prison sentence because I think deep down he's one of those folks that the reason he had such resiliency is he had a true grasp on his why and what do I mean by that not just was he a musician he wanted to make he wanted to make people smile he wanted to bring beauty into people's lives and music music was a vehicle being a dad to his future daughter was a vehicle being part of his church was a vehicle being a good family man was a vehicle so that's a little bit about Jimmy I highly recommend checking it out next week. I know it's um, Memorial Day weekend, so people might have plans. Put it on the background while you guys are you know, cooking or whatever. But um, l- learn about that and think about that question. Wh- when did he pick uh-huh. up his why? Because I was listening for it throughout the interview myself. And beautiful human being. What, what do you think? I mean, Chris, what do you think about, about the that? Playlist, as far as, the
0: playlist that, that you could tell what got him through was the playlist. When he started mm. talking about music when i've had that first initial conversation with him yes we started getting into the playlist he's like i said what i mean literally i started interviewing like in the discussion which i normally do not do and i'm like dude what you got 25 years it's what crazy. got you through what got you through what got you through and he's like <laughs> music man and i'm like hello music 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 i'm like what how what and he goes i have a playlist And we went through every single song. And he said, this song teaches me this, this song teaches me this, this song does this, this song does this. And it was an eclectic uh, medicine. It was was like, yeah, it was everything. It was Bruce Springsteen. It was Stevie Wonder. It was- uh, He did. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, I mean, yeah. I mean, he had an eclectic, and he said, I went through every song every day, and that's what kept me going. You know, that and his why, you know, about being wrongly incarcerated, but the fact that that music, and I could totally resonate with that. I'd be like, literally, Cause music is so important to me. I think I would probably yeah. go batshit crazy because I would just be like walking around singing songs and be like, I'm all out of love. I'm so lost. I'm without you. I just heard that today. <laughs> I heard that today for like the first time in 20 years. I was like, oh man, I still know the words.
1: It's a great yeah. tune,
2: man. You're playing, you literally play them in his head. Like this is, yeah. this is where, like every day you go there, and go yeah. through that, like that list of different songs. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, I, I
2: hope I, I hope all those artists get to hear that one day. Like I want them all to know that, and I would love Tr- to see them all in a room. Tr- with Tracy, me. Here's, a, here's Actually,
0: a- you know what? You know what? Here I got it right here. Um, yeah. The playlist was the, I think it was the Winnes Trust in God, John Coltrane, Dear Lord, Christopher Cross, Sailing, Bruce yes, Springsteen, Glory Days, yep. Stevie Wonder, If It's Magic, yep. Houston, Where Did yep. Broken Hearts Go? The live version. Why does it hurt so bad? He made mm-hmm. sure you tell me the MTV Award, Wearing White. Yeah like something. it was exactly you know, what he he, right? he he was very he was very specific about that song on school singing and then he said Fleetwood Mac don't stop. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I made sure I kept that because I was like, ooh, I ooh, also ooh.
2: remember in one of the early letters, because it's funny, all at the end of every letter, he would also include a song list from the very first letter from that very first 28 page letter. After all of that, he'd also list a couple of songs and you were supposed to listen to the Music. song because like you said, that was his so awesome message. And i the one of the very first ones I remember is I believe I can fly.
1: Oh, mm. wow. I'm loving that was, I, I, I
2: want to say that was in the first letter he wrote. Is it not the first, the second?
1: I'm not liking the artist, but I'm loving the song.
2: I don't, yeah. But there's, Who was but there's it's just it's message, this no, no, I believe. No, like it's, it's R, R. Kelly. And isn't, I didn't know the song.
0: Is it R. Kelly? Oh, I yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: and funnily enough, way before <laughs> be the recent. Young Girls' Faces. Check this out, yeah. you guys. I was going to say <laughs> when you were talking about the music, Chris, at the beginning or yeah. earlier. When we did go and visit him on death row, it was actually twenty two thousand and two. 2002. Um, how we were there for two full days, like full, you know, the Saturday, the Sunday, whatever it was. And he, there he was, you know, behind glass, we were having our little thing, talking, all the, whatever else, but we were also getting to actually socialize, right, and music was a giant part of the conversation, like a passionate part, like he was like a music oh, yeah. scholar in the stuff that he knew about the music and about the artists and everything else, and the second day we were there, he came in, I guess the news had come out about R. Kelly, this is before this Netflix, obviously, but the original art news, that article, when she, when he was accused of a, a, a young girl, something way back, yeah. way back, the and he had from. come out literally the week or the month that week that we were there, so it was like in the news in 2002. And he came in to the visit on the second day, and he was telling us that he had just had a argument with somebody in the back, you know. And I guess they're 23 hours a day on their cell alone, so I don't know if it was out on the thing or by like a, I don't know how they were communicating, but he was having a, 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 like a debate with a, a friend on death row or somebody he was okay with, as so uh. you say, and about our about whether you could still enjoy the music of an artist. And it come up because of R. Kelly, in oh, spite of something Michael like Jackson that. Thing? And Jimmy's dance yeah. was like, screw that guy, or screw any, you know. that's, that's probably why. What he's do you think? What do
1: you think about that? Like, what because here's the thing. One of my favorite songs of all time. That's a, tough, that's a time. tough
0: question. That's a tough. I've well, never well, been I'm a music aficionado. I have lyrics on my arm. I have tattoos so here's the thing. Break
1: I think I, I I think that we could literally listen to the song Man in the Mirror. And just, just realize the lyrics of that song are some of those powerful lyrics in the I face of I got the
2: lyrics to that too, actually. Yeah.
1: So yeah. we're listening to Man in the Mirror. Can we still listen to it? I mean, honestly, what do you think? Because I, I think like, it,
2: for, my, for me, I'm not going to well, go out and like go cut to somebody's concert and support their, you know, put money into their coffers or something like that and be a fan. But no, I think also, I mean, most music, like when I heard I Believe I Could Fly, first time I heard that to me, that's a song about Jimmy great Dennis. Song. Because I never knew this song or the artist. There you you go. Know, the first time i ever heard it was when it was on the letter from jimmy dennis and i went and looked for it and i heard it and i was like wow you know so to me when i ever hear that i don't care who saying it or what he's saying or whatever it's those powerful words right so yeah go. art also exists you know like a, most of the music we know today we don't necessarily know i mean like you know 60 70 years ago who wrote some of the classics i just learned recently who wrote you know that song um a good man is hard to find. It was from 1917. My client's father wrote it. You know, wow. good man, it's now just a thing in the in the ether, you know, like a, a, a phrase. But there are people that wrote those things. We don't know who they are, but they're... So I think, yeah, in some ways we're getting too much into the, you know, I wouldn't go like... Uh, be at a concert and being like, "Yay, guy!" But if a song comes on that I like, that's a piece of art that I appreciate. I don't. I'm not a fan girl. I'm not twelve. I don't like it because of the artist. You know. You I like it because of the the. He's laughing. You know what I mean. When I was yeah. twelve, it was like, who, "Who sings that?" Now it's like, "You're like, a Backstreet Boys." All right. <laughs>
0: I'm back. Were you, were you a Backstreet boy? Were you a Backstreet Girl?
2: No, and I was insane. a John Lennon fan in, in 1980.
0: And then oh, that, I mean yeah. I was I'm
2: 51 so I was like I'd be an 80s girl my era would have been Duran Duran if I was following the it would have been Duran all my grade nine friends love Duran Duran I was like John Lennon though yeah.
1: <laughs> both both good bands for different reasons I mean like John Lennon the Beatles but I mean Imagine's got to be one of the best songs ever written as well. But Duran Duran was a fun party group, you know? I cool appreciate
2: group. them now. Back then I w- when I was 14 I was very like huh because they're all the kids <sighs> like them so they were the pop band, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you now I didn't think really they'd stand stupid. the test of time, but they Where have They have stood the test of time. Yeah? No,
0: I'm trying to remember his name. John Simon, Simon something John John Simon, no, uh, Nick Rose. No. From Nick, Durant, Rhodes. Durant,
2: Rhodes. John. Nick Rhodes.
0: No. No, John. no, no. no, no, no. Okay. John Fuck, I'm drawing a blank on his name did. There was There's
2: five of them. There was a few. Nick Rose was one of them. John Simon was one of them. And I, I can't no, remember no, the other no, ones never. No, Ivan, that's
0: what it was. Simon the Bond. It wasn't John Simon. Simon the
2: Bond, that was it. oh my god. Yeah. That's what it was. All the girls loved him in grade 9.
0: That doesn't matter.
1: Hey, here's a question.
2: No, so, I, I actually I want to I want to talk
0: about what Trisha just said.
1: Do it. You got a question up there? Yes. Let's do this. Yes
0: trisha says what if our why is bigger than we are what if our why is in a bad situation is to be is to save a soul to lead others to believe to bring attention to situation what if a song leads to lighter to a lighter heart a brighter day
1: well played i'm liking that mm. I'm gonna you, thro- i want to th- i want to throw something in there with this because yeah. i just saw something that i thought was a really beautiful comment today on social media <laughs> and it's nice to have beautiful comments in social media where there's so much divisiveness. One of the things that I thought was amazing was it, it was saying that many of us, whether we know it or not, are brought here to do nothing else but share our vibration. And when I saw that word, I was like, you know, Chris and I are always talking about raise your vibration, but then we always talk about sharing your brilliance. This literally said that there are people who are here who are literally just sharing their vibration and they'll never in their earthly lives, even understand that impact. So I'll, I want to even go a little bit further here. That maybe your purpose might never be understood here, but your vibration is so perfect that it's healing just by your presence. Which is one more reason why we need to connect and we need to be out there and we need to be meeting with people because just our presence brings something. What do you think about that, Tracy? What do you think about maybe Jimmy's one of those people that you know brought that that energy? and the music is just bonus brilliance.
2: Yeah, for sure, I mean, and when he came out too, he came right out, went right into the studio, like it's just amazing, his whole story is pretty amazing to me, like, exactly, he just literally, you forget what he's been through everybody comments on it too he'll come on to an interview and at the beginning he's like hi with that big smile and people are literally messaging like posting all the time saying you know to think that after everything he's been through and there he is so positive with that big beautiful smile before he even starts talking you know and he's just so yeah so that i mean that's huge inspiration you know, everybody honestly they're all listening to us talking about this but they need to go back and listen to last week you know to the show and to listen to it next week because in yeah, your sure like i said i've done i've heard a lot of interviews with Jimmy, and I've known him for 20 years, but your interview specifically with him had me in tears, and we were messaging the person that, honestly, it was so, and what, and you know, and, and but yet, you know what, you did it and such, like, so you brought so much out of him, but also he was clearly at such a comfort level, and you really made really, really effort to make sure that he had that comfort level, and he does a lot of interviews, and sometimes he's a little drained after yeah. that, and sometimes it's emotionally like, the he always does well, but the, you know, it, explaining the same thing over and over it can be exhausting. But you guys, he never, you know, it was like talking to friends and with people that actually cared. And, you know, it was a, you, know, you could feel his comfort level watching it as well. And I know you guys worked hard to do that too. And to, you know, make sure that he felt comfortable and confident. And now you guys are friends and, you know, I see you mm-hmm. interacting on the pages all the time and everything. So.
0: Nah, he's an ama- he's an amazing soul he's an amazing soul and that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves here on the unfiltered experience Scott and I both you know is it's 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 something I've learned so much that I never knew this terminology until probably the last was it may probably the last five months safe space mm-hmm. you hold safe space for people mm-hmm. you hold a space for people whether they're coming from the left the right the center up above down below you hold a space for people to come and to just be. And just to be themselves so many people right now are dying to to be themselves if there is one common thread i hear every single day whether i'm on clubhouse or whether i'm on a zoom or wherever i'm at is people are dying just to be themselves
2: it's so true what
0: what recommendation would you have for people just to be themselves and then we'll wrap up the show
2: absolutely that just don't you know come back to you're perfect the way you are i mean i'm the fat girl with crazy red hair i probably you know couldn't if i walked into a room and people don't know who i am they're probably oh who's that one a big business you know conference but when they see my resume ahead of time they're like oh wow laying out the red carpet and you know wanting to hire me so like just do it don't be afraid of what other people think of you don't be afraid of you know honestly for real uh, i hate to quote nike i even prefer rocky horror picture show don't dream it be it oh, oh hell man. yeah oh yeah i that's song. Joe is not a great message. Don't dream it. It's not fake until you make it. I don't like that. Don't fake it. Nothing ungenuine. Be it. Be it. Be you it. are who you are. Who you if you're feeling it, do it. Bam.
0: There's a sound bite right there. That <laughs> that yeah. Go do it. Go be it. You know what's funny? Because we're always talking about fly your freak flag. You know, be who you are. That's one thing that I've struggled with my entire 52 years on this planet. I'm proud to say is that up until when I left corporate and went through a bit of a stumbling situation, then Scott showed up and, and saved me. No, <laughs> we saved each other, bro. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Seriously. But no, when you jump into who it is that you really are and who you are supposed to be, there is a safety net that you cannot see, that you cannot feel, but you know is there. And that's why I tell exactly. people every fucking day, like swear. I was on I was on a, I was on a, on a, on a clubhouse meeting the other day. I didn't even tell you this Scott. It was with Princeton, a bunch of people. And, and I, and there were some people were cussing, and they were like getting really fired up. And some people were like, you know, let's talk about cussing. And I was like, not even saying anything. And all of a sudden, Princess says, "What are your, what are your thoughts on cussing, Chris? You're the one that's, you know, definitely cusses." And I said, I told him a story about when I spoke on stage, and I said, "Kick ass." And some guy afterwards was like, "I have a problem with profanity." And I'm like, "Really? I have problems with you call people's fat, stupid, and short, and nigger, and and gay, and blah blah blah. All these other fucking terms that I hear as a coach, people coming to me going, you know, I've been told all my life I'm stupid. I'm like, yeah. Have you ever had a problem with the word fuck?" yeah i don't like it but it never a problem it never fucked with me you know just go fly your freak flag when you fly your freak flag ladies and gentlemen boys and girls let me tell you there is a freedom there is a peace that i've been searching for i've read so many books on inner peace i have one that's literally called inner peace i'm like eh, eh, eh. just be who you are like you said show up in the room go hey ladies and gentlemen i'm here where's the fucking party I exactly. walked in the most boring networking things in my life. And I walked in there and I walked in and I said, What's up, party people? Who wants to have a conversation? And they're just like, <laughs> break out of their shit. And they're like, Oh, fuck, there's somebody here that's real. I want to talk to somebody yeah, exactly. real. yeah. Yes, you are definitely real. We appreciate you. We love you. And thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you so much. More importantly and more more specifically, knowing who you are and what you and your husband did, massive, that's massive funny. love and appreciation and respect because you guys looked at somebody who you did not know, who was from a different race, a different culture, a different uh, socioeconomic background, a different part of the world. And you said, wait a minute, wait a fucking minute. And we're lucky we this, did, because look, we've got
2: a this friend I, I, I couldn't have imagined our he life without
0: though, I, 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 Only one microphone, one microphone. Um, this guy, we, we want to make sure that we're there by his side for not one year, not six months, you guys were there by his side the whole fucking entire time. So massive love and respect to you. We appreciate you being on the, on the show. What are your final words to everybody to send them off with specific opportunities for them to fly their freak flag?
2: Yeah, believe in yourself. You know, and I you know, if, if you personally, whoever it is, you if you want to build up your thought leadership, if you have a message to get out there and you want to do that, don't be afraid to. There's podcast opportunities. There's you know there's all kinds of services where you can connect with media who's interested in your story you can write don't be afraid go out there be yourself and and share your message whatever your message is whatever's burning inside you and you think someone should hear it do it there's audiences for it. we want to hear it
0: yes 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 whoo tracy thank you so much for being here where can people get more uh, more in touch with you and continue the conversation with you
2: yeah, if anyone wants to do a half an hour consult for business purposes or whatever, I'm happy to do that. Or just, you know, information about getting media stuff out there, activist stuff along the lines of stuff I care about, equality, certainly interested in hearing about. So media.com or you can find me, Tracy Lamori, that's L-A-M-O-U-R-I-E, on Facebook or LinkedIn is a great place to connect. And on Instagram, you can see all my projects and all this stuff going on all the time. Um, and that's Tracy Lamori, PR Media.
0: Tracy. Final thoughts for Tracy, Scott, before I let her go back to the green room and chump on uh, brown m ms <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, lo- I love the fact that um, we've got people out there who are putting their necks out for others. And however you do it, whether it's for you know what you guys did for Jimmy, or it's just taking a voice on something that scares you a little bit, or just speaking up at the right time in your life. I think it's beautiful that people are doing it. Get off the fence, use your voice. I'm all in with what you're doing. I thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tracy. We're going to put you backstage. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Okay. Enjoy, enjoy. We'll be. We're just going to end the show, and then we'll be right with you. Yipper. Oops,
1: wrong one. <laughs> the other way around. <laughs>
0: wrong one. Wrong button. I'm overwhelmed, Scott. I'm overwhelmed. There was a Chris, lot.
1: I'm overwhelmed. There was like, hey,
0: look at who we have here, Jessica Marie. Hey, hey Jessica. Hey. She says amazing story. <laughs> my respect. Thank you, Jessica, for being here.
1: Thank you. We have
0: we have so many amazing. So I didn't even get a chance to like just like christina finch she's like what's up hey let's hello do all that. let's yeah, connect with got, our people we got uh andrea yeah what's up how are you doing i it's it, it, funny she was um yes thank you for being here i want to even tell the story um thank you for being here uh colleen's in the house robert broker's in the house he's in the house colleen we told that um yeah you guys are amazing you guys are our unfiltered crew you guys are our family and thank you so much for being here i know that you can be in a lot of different places right now the world is opening up i went out on a date with my wife uh last night we went in a bubble and had a great time and then found out from the cdtc cd cdtc that's funny that's fucking my old job that was my old job It was cdc said that you can go outside without your mask on if you had your vaccinations so i was proud to say that i walked around life normal yesterday but uh Thinking about what she said what she said tonight, Scott, there was a lot of volume, there was a lot of importance in there. What would be your three takeaways or a couple of takeaways that we could send away for everybody here watching or listening tonight that encapsulates what Tracy was speaking about today?
1: Well, first and foremost, um, we, we kind of mentioned it a couple of times. We were talking about getting off the fence. I think it's super important right now that we're in a massive space of transition. We had a world that looked a certain way that we accepted. And we said, hey, this is the world as it is. There's good, there's bad, there's ugly, but it is what it is. And that is what it is. (laughs) You can hear Chris shaking his drink up. That is what it is. Uh, It doesn't need to be that way. Guys, we are the creators of our own universe. We can build a better world. So here's how that happens. Right now we're a puzzle and there's this puzzle and all these pieces are, are filled. What's happening right now is we're yanking pieces out and just throwing them and there's a hole and that piece might be a system that broke down or we're eliminating hate or we're highlighting this. We're going to put new pieces in there. We have the ability to put better pieces in there and make this world a better place. So first and foremost, get off the fence. The second thing is, if you have not yet, find your why. Now, I have friends that might say, I know my why I'm supposed to be a chef and I make great food. And I ask them the question, "Are you sure? you're supposed to be a chef and they say yeah because I love cooking I go tell me why you love cooking and then they start to talk about I love cooking because when I bring the food to people they smile oh so you like smiling why do you like seeing people smile because people connect and people have special moments so you really like delivering special moments to people and changing their lives and suddenly that's what's happening and I think something like Jimmy has a deeper meaning than just the music even He's really taking, he's changing people's lives with his music. He's changing people's lives with his words. He's changing people's lives with his connection. Just amplifying his energy. The third thing, I would say the third thing is be selfless. You know, there's a lot of time given in that mo- those moments where Tracy's in there with her husband, meeting with Jimmy in the prison. And that's something that's probably beyond most of us. Like, why am I going to go to a prison to somebody who may be guilty? I don't really know. I trust that he isn't. And so be selfish. And we always talk about that extending the sense of self. So I would share those three things. And before I pass it back to Chris, one of the things I do want to tell you is, first and foremost, next week we have Jimmy Dennis on. Again, we're going to have that interview again. If you were intrigued about anything we said or you want to get connected to Jimmy, check in and listen, I was wrong. It's not, next weekend it's not Memorial Day weekend. The following weekend is. So next weekend, check in with um, Jimmy. The weekend after that, when Chris and I are back live, Man, we have somebody who is very, 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 very special. I promise you. If you if you can't even watch it, it has to be in the background because you're doing your barbecue for Memorial Day, get here. His name is Tyler Campbell. He is Earl Campbell's son. If you're somebody who's a football <clears throat> fan, you've heard of Earl Campbell, one of the best football f- football players of all time, fullback, running back, amazing player, came out of the University of Texas, played for Houston, other teams, incredible player. But he is nothing compared to his son, When you listen to Tyler, oh, man, I I met him this past week. We sat on the phone for two hours. because we could we could not stop connecting. And it was literally I'm like, bro, 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 I know you. I know you We we both were kept going. We have goosebumps. We have goosebumps. And I can say this. The person who connected me to Tyler said, I cannot believe you guys don't know each other. You guys are the same person. He's just the black version of you, the white version of him. And so I'm so excited to have Tyler. I can't tell you. And if he's listening right now, because he said he might check in, he's watching his kids right now and he's might have this on the side, but it's going to be a special time and it's really a social time. So, so again, thanks for Tracy. Those are my three bullets. Chris, what do you got to wrap us up? Because that was a lot of energy and a lot of beauty. What can you finish this up with?
0: Hmm. I would have to say, I'd have to go back to what she said and what I wear on, what I wear on my my, my wrist, believe, you know, if you know you are innocent, if you know you are meant for greatness, if you know you are meant to do something and it's something that is in your gut that constantly whispers to you all the time, Glenn Morshaw talks about all the time, the whisper. If you guys Mm -hmm. have the whisper, you have to believe, you have to believe in the fact that you're on a journey that is going to be not so fun. I was just talking to somebody the other day, I'm like, I'm tired of this, this up and hill, this the up and down thing. It's like, I make it. And then all of a sudden I go through this thing and I'm like, guess what? That's life. And it's going to continue for the rest of your journey. You're going to have highs. You're going to have valleys. They're going to be like feeling like low as hell. And you're just going to have to trust and you're going to have to believe that, life is happening for you, that life is testing you. Scott, you say it so eloquently about the video situation. I used it again the other day. It's like, if we're on level nine and the goal is to be level 12, guess what? We have to commit, we have to make a promise. We have to believe the fact that we are going to do our absolute best to figure out how to get to level 10. And that's gonna be uncomfortable. That's gonna require additional skill. That's gonna require additional training. That's gonna require additional focus. But so many people don't want to invest that effort. They want it easy. They want it overnight. They want it now. Life is not now. Life is not now. Life is beautiful because we have my little man saying we're going to close out the show. We're going to close out the show. Saying <laughs> I love all of you beautiful people. I love all you beautiful people. And I want you to go rock. Hey, I want you to go rock. Your kick ass. Your kick ass.
1: Freak flag.
0: Freak flag.
1: Daddy hands.
0: Daddy hands. You got to go. Good... Daddy hands. Yeah. I love you, Jackson. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this was not scripted, but this is the future of the Jackson and daddy show. But literally, <laughs> I want to go back to, and I'll, I'll, end it with, I'll end it with this, Scott, oh. is life is about moments. And like you were saying, I think it was no, it's actually a call I was on before. Sometimes we get so caught up in the outcome and the results of what it is that we're working towards that we lose sight of the moments. We're either pontificating about the the, the history, the past. Well, I should have done this. I should have done this. Or we're worried about the future. But if you're in the moments and you're creating those moments to the best of your ability, then you're creating momentum. And this is something I actually wrote down earlier, Scott. Thank you, buddy. I'll see you in a few minutes. Um, it's like looking at my camera now. It's like three inches down um when you are truly and you know dude i talk about this all the time when you are truly invested in those moments like and i found myself earlier today i was thinking about something that was like two weeks ahead i'm like dude it's a beautiful day outside you're playing with your son why are you thinking about something that's two weeks ahead you could get hit by a car tomorrow when you are in those moments and you are creating what it is that you're most passionate about and you're flying your freak flag there is momentum that is gained that cannot be stopped and I've seen that, I've felt that, I experienced that. Both of us have done this. So that's our. those are my final thoughts is just go out there and believe in yourself, believe in other people. Take this opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, to go out there and be the change that you wanna see. You know, So often we're pontificating about what we wanna see change. I want this change, I want this change, I want that, all those people. It all starts with inside of us. It all starts with inside of us. Our own resiliency, as we talked about tonight. What is your resiliency? Are you ready to commit? Are you ready to promise yourself that you're going to do things that are uncomfortable to get you to, to a place where you're gonna be unforgettable? think about that. Those are my final thoughts, Scott.
1: Amen, brother. I'm all in, man.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Well, I am excited. I'm excited. We're going to be replaying Jimmy's uh, show. So guys, be sure to tune in next week. If you missed it before, it is an amazing experience talking about resiliency, uh, mindset. I mean, getting through 25 plus years on death row, thinking you're going to die for a crime you did not commit and you have to make it through every fucking day. It's an amazing, amazing show. It's where I honestly I've interviewed so many amazing people, Scott. And I said this on the show to Jimmy. I think that was one of the best conversations that I've ever had on camera with anybody in my life.
1: I totally agree. And 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 you know, and Tracy actually, you know, commented on this as well. One of the things that Chris and I really try to do, and, and you nailed the word, and you know, I use this word, you don't use it. That was the first time you've actually said it out loud. I loved it. Safe space. Wow. Like my, my my thing is when I speak to people, I sit with that person and I engage with them. And wherever their vibration is i try to match it so they're not even sure what happened but they feel like they're in a safe space and you and i have organically done that really well and jimmy really sat into that vibration and we mirrored it and we gave him not not to play a game to merit to say now speak jimmy no it wasn't for us it was for him yeah like we're mirroring that vibration for him so he can share so he can feel so he can connect and get the things off his chest he wants to. And it's all about the other person. It's never about us, ever. It's really, the only thing we're doing this for is so that you have a space. And bro, we've had some people, you know, I've mentioned one of them a few times. We've got people on here with very different opinions and people might not even know it (laughs) because we create a space and we respect them and we treat them kindly. And even though I'm thinking, I don't know what you're thinking and you make no sense to me, I'm going to create a safe space because I want you to feel good
0: yeah, and we're all right. one. So it goes back to that love versus fear. If I'm afraid of what this person is saying, then of yeah. course I'm going to come at it from a reactive reactionary standpoint, but it's all love. And the other thing to your point, and I haven't told you this, but I was on clubhouse earlier and Forbes, Riley, we had Forbes Riley on our show um with josh which by the way that's another that's another conversation i'm very proud of because she was in a group in a clubhouse room that she pinged me into that had and if you guys know who clubhouse is it's big and so there was probably three or four hundred people in this clubhouse room she pinged me into this room made me a speaker to to tell the conversation that she had only told on our show scott about how she goes by the name francine based on what josh wants her to be another example of safe
1: I said, I've,
0: never, I've never said that before except i said it on christopher's show that's like awesome. boom it's like that's that's what we need to do yeah. in our own homes ladies and, and gentlemen and we I, need I, to have those safe conversations for people yeah. to have a difference of opinion it doesn't mean a difference of a world it doesn't mean a divisive world it means a difference of opinion we could still come together in the middle
1: i love it i love it and and i just wanted to end you know what's crazy to to go just to echo that real quick is I have friends of friends of friends who just popped up and goes, oh yeah, I was at my friend Forbes the other day. I'm like, and just, <laughs> but no, it's weird that you just said that. Cause I'm watching how, and you know, I know this. I mean, I'm sitting in a restaurant in Romania and someone taps me on the shoulder and I'm like, how do I, how am I seeing friends in Romania? But the point is this world is so small. When you open up safe spaces for people and you treat people right, someone knows somebody who knows somebody who somebody who knows you and your impact not only do you resonate like wildfire because you're doing the right things and you're spreading that energy, the universe just wants to share you. It really wants to share you. And yep. whether you're an introverted or extrovert or what you define yourself as, your energy can go to so many places once you fill your cup up. So like Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy Dennis is doing, like Tracy's doing, like Chris is doing, let's go out, let's share our energy, let's make sure it's a vibration of love. Let's kick some ass and just be the best people we can be and provide safe spaces for all.
0: Yes. Bam, bam bam. We love you guys. You guys are our Unfiltered Crew. If you're not already there, go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com, www.theunfilteredexperience.com. Go there, become a car- part of our crew on the Facebook page. We're going to be doing more and more and more stuff there. So we love you guys. We appreciate you. Go out there and have a phenomenal weekend. Go out there and make massive moments that will create momentum in your life that will create an amazing legacy that you guys will be proud of. We guys, we love you guys. We will see you next time here on the Unfiltered Experience. You
1: guys Tom.